Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Monday, March 22nd. Today on the show, the Nashville Predators played the longest road trip in franchise history way better than we anticipated. We will take a look at how the SEC fared in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. But we begin with an important look at Rick Barnes' tournament history following Tennessee's disappointing showing in the first round. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. Look, I am not here to convince you that you need to go out and spend a lot of money to remodel your house or build a new garage or buy a custom home. That's not my job here. That is up to you and your family making the best decision for you. And again, we all know that these kind of decisions appreciate and make you money. What I'm here to tell you about and what I'm here to do is that when you and your family do decide to invest in your home in a big way, whether that's a custom build, a remodel, that the Kingston Group is the right place to do it, are the right people to work with. These are not some random independent contractors. The Kingston Group has an in-house design team to see your project from start to finish, soup to nuts, and hold your hand every step of the way so that nothing surprises you. Again, I'm not telling you you need to go out and remodel your house. I'm telling you that when you do decide to do that, the Kingston Group is the place to go. Check out their work, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. The carcass is still smoldering, so it goes without saying that this is very much in the moment. But the failure to show up by Rick Barnes' Tennessee team in the first round of the NCAA tournament on Friday is just the latest in a long string of consistent March disappointments. Oregon State raced out to a double-digit lead, as the Vols offense mustered just three baskets in the first 10 minutes. They lost 70-56. to It's the fourth time in eight trips to the NCAA tournament since 2010 in which his teams have gone one and done. It is the eighth time in nine tournament tries over the last 13 years that his teams have gone out in the first weekend, four of those to lower seeds. In his last 13 seasons, Rick Barnes is 6-9 and nine in the NCAA tournament and has made it out of the first weekend one time. Of those six wins, not one was against a single-digit seed. His three best tournament wins have come against three 10 seeds, and his other victories are against the 13, a 14, and a 15. This is where the long view of Rick Barnes is important to remember while still being free to analyze the short term. Two things are true. Barnes has been a great coach for Tennessee basketball for six pretty good seasons, but he's been a bad tournament coach in March for over a decade. Now, to be fair, his best team of those 13 seasons was the team that went the furthest, and there is no shame in losing in the Sweet 16 in overtime to a three-seeded Purdue team. That game was an absolute battle. But if you take that team's two wins out of the equation, Barnes has four tournament victories in 13 years. So what do we do with Rick Barnes? Sure, there are many fair questions. Can Barnes get Tennessee to the Final Four? Can Barnes build a program that competes for SEC titles with Kentucky most seasons? Does he do better with development players than with five-star guys? And does that then perhaps limit his upside? These are all very good questions, and frankly, not many clear answers. The last question, however, I would ask of Tennessee fans is a two-parter. What should Tennessee basketball be, and is Rick Barnes capable of getting this program to that level? I know for sure that he has earned the right to try. Will it ever happen? That one I have no answer for. First of all, it's weird to be talking sports on a Monday after the first weekend of the NCAA tournament and still looking ahead to an entire day of hoops, but that is where we are, and I am not complaining about it. 
any weekday with tournament basketball from 11 a.m. to close is good by me. Two-seeded Alabama will face 10-seeded Maryland at 7.45 p.m. Central Time on Monday evening, while LSU will face top-seeded Michigan at 6.10 p.m. The nation's number one and undefeated team, Gonzaga, will face eight-seeded Oklahoma at 1.40 p.m. Central Time. With Bama and LSU still yet to play, we don't really know how good or bad the first weekend was for the SEC. If Alabama wins and LSU loses, as the odds would indicate, it would put two SEC teams in the Sweet 16. Bama's a five-and-a-half point favorite, and LSU's a five-and-a-half point underdog. That would be an okay weekend. Arkansas rolled through Colgate in the first round and then squeaked past a solid Texas Tech team to reach its first Sweet 16 since 1996, back when Nolan Richardson was still the coach. This is a very dangerous team, and we'll get to face just the second 15 seed to ever reach the Sweet 16 in Oral Roberts next Saturday. Speaking of, Florida beat Virginia Tech in overtime in the first round, and then gave up a big second-half lead to just the ninth 15 seed to ever win a game, the aforementioned Oral Roberts. It would have been Mike White's second Sweet 16 trip in his last five seasons in Gainesville, but instead, considering the opponent and the lead, Sunday was a big disappointment for the Gators. Bama and Arkansas are the two best teams in the SEC, and both of them should still be playing on the second weekend. As we've already covered, Tennessee was easily the most disappointing SEC team of the first weekend, and while Missouri lost to Oklahoma in the first round as well, the Sooners were technically the higher seed. If Bama handles its business, it will be considered a status quo first weekend for the conference, with two of their six teams reaching the second weekend. If LSU can somehow pull an upset and take down Michigan, it would be a pretty big first weekend for the SEC. At the same time, if Bama and LSU both lose on Monday, well, the first weekend would be an unmitigated disaster, as only Arkansas would be left standing after one weekend. The Nashville Predators set out on an absolutely hellish eight-game road trip with a roster full of rookies, almost $30 million sitting on IR, and a fan base clamoring for major changes basically everywhere in the organization. But despite all of that, the Preds delivered a much better than anticipated 4-3-1 record, including wins over Tampa and Florida to go with two wins over Dallas and an overtime loss to Carolina. The Panthers controlled the game on Saturday 2-0, and Dallas had multiple two-goal leads on Sunday. But the Preds were extremely competitive all night on Sunday and fought their way back. Ellie Tolvanen tied up the game late in the third period with his seventh goal of the season, and Callie Yarncroke scored the game winner in the shootout. The Preds earned one point on Sunday night and stole the other. Look, 4-3-1 isn't anything special. It isn't getting this team back into the playoff race, and it isn't going to stop them from selling its best pieces in an effort to get better next year. But competitive is the most important word. This team was extremely competitive for essentially all of the longest road trip in franchise history, despite being shorthanded the entire time and facing three of the best teams in the NHL. Again, it doesn't change any of the calculus taking place at 501 Broadway, in my opinion. This team needs to acquire as many future assets before the April 12th deadline as possible. But it did offer fans an entertaining brand of hockey and a glimmer of hope that maybe this roster is finally buying into whatever John Hines is selling. And that's a whole lot more than we could say just two weeks ago. And oh, by the way, the schedule's getting a lot easier. Next up for the Preds is two with Detroit this week at home on Tuesday and Thursday before a pair with Chicago. In fact, the next nine games are against Detroit, Chicago, and Dallas, three of the worst teams in the Central Division. Isaiah Wilson was cut by the Dolphins over the weekend. That's all.
Thank you guys all for listening. Of course, my name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. The 440 is brought to you every single morning by my wonderful friends, the Kingston Group, award-winning, locally-owned, Nashville-based, custom home and remodeling firm, all about alignment. I've told you a million times. You know the spiel. Let their work do the talking. BuildKG.com is the website. You've heard that one before. My family uses the Kingston Group. That's why you should use the Kingston Group. You've heard that one before. You've heard it all. Just check them out. It's a smart savvy business decision for your family, for your home. It's an investment in not only your home, but also your happiness. Check them out. The Kingston Group, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. William Tyler.